Welcome to Don't Trust the Mirror, My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder, with psychoanalyst Maureen Kritzer-Lang, the queen of self-esteem. Maureen shares her personal journey of her struggles with an eating disorder and how that changed her life. Listen as Maureen shares her pain, her stories, and her triumphs. Today, as a psychoanalyst, her mission is to help as many women as possible overcome their challenges. Now, my secret life with an eating disorder. Hi, this is Maureen Kritzer-Lang, the queen of self-esteem. Welcome to my podcast, My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder. Today, I want to explore with you a crucial topic. Something that we don't often talk about, but I think it's very important. And recently, I have come to a place in my life where I feel like it's so important. And I wanted to share my realizations and my experience as an eating disorder therapist to share this topic with you. Do I have your curiosity peaked? The topic is how to decode the language your body speaks. Our bodies have a whole language onto their own and they have a wonderful way of communicating to us when something isn't quite right. It can be, you might want to think of it a little bit as your intuition even. It's much more than that. But if we listen to ourselves, and I've talked about listening to our heart and how important that is in terms of really knowing your inner truth within yourself. But decoding the language of your body involves really understanding what your body is saying to you. Things like you have a headache. What is What does that mean? Where is that headache coming from? Is it maybe from something you ate? Is it that you didn't get enough sleep? Is it that you're hungover? Or is it that you're just really stressed? What is that headache telling you? Personally, I have a history of intestinal issues. So there have been times when I have felt really sick. My stomach really starts to hurt. And one of the things that I've learned over time and tried to understand is what is my body telling me by this pain? Is it stress? Is it it something I ate? Is it... um, Is it just that my body is telling me it's really tired and I need to take a break and slow down? I've really thought a lot about this, particularly in regard to my eating disorder. Because if I look back, I think a lot about what was my eating disorder saying to me? What was my body saying to me? What was my my uh, my wanting to starve myself, to binge, to purge. How was my body involved in all that? And what messages was it trying to give me? 
my body was saying through my eating disorder that something was really wrong. I didn't know, I didn't have a clue as to how to decode it. But looking back, there were so many things that I couldn't talk about, that I couldn't put words to, that I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. And my symptoms all communicated that that something was really wrong. You hear me talk about journaling a lot, which is how I even thought of developing my podcast. And I wrote down many of my thoughts in my journal, but I still didn't have a clue as to what my body was really saying. And there is such a significant disconnect that often exists between individuals with eating disorders and their bodies. It's a it's a crucial fundamental issue that underlies so many of the struggles because when you have disordered eating or an eating disorder, the connection between your body and your thoughts and feelings get significantly severed and it's on a spectrum. You know, it's it can be from significantly dissociated and disconnected to just mildly just put in a compartment somewhere. But there is that very serious disconnect. It's like a communication breakdown between you and your body. And and what you you stop doing is you stop trusting your body. You don't understand it. And to an extreme point, you don't even want to listen to it. And this leads to a host of serious problems and feelings of really being so negative and and hating your body. When was the last time you had some sort of physical symptom? A headache, a stomach ache, even your you had some pain in your arms or your knee or your hip and you didn't want to listen to it and you continued to exercise, let's say, or run on a knee that hurt you. Your knee is saying, let's just say, that you need to take a break. You need to step back. Maybe you need to go to the doctor. But I think our minds can really override the practical aspects of what is happening with our body. How do you develop the art of listening to it? What does it take for you to listen to it? How serious do things have to get before you start to listen to your body? I'll just give you another example, which is that I know when I'm in certain situations, uh, such as a conflictual situation, and my stomach starts hurting. I have now realized that I need to remove myself or I also need to take it as a sign that something is not right. Because like many of you, and I just mentioned, I can override that and and convince myself that it's fine, that there's nothing wrong, that I can agree to something that I might not feel comfortable with. 
But if I'm really listening to myself, I can, and listening to my body and my heart at the same time, I know that it's telling me that something is awry. And I need to figure out what that is. And then I need to dig deep and understand how I need to handle it. Let's get back to the art of listening to our body. As in the example I just gave you. Think of it as relearning a language that's always been there, but has been drowned out by the noise of disordered thoughts and behaviors. In some ways, because of our inner critic and our relentless critical thoughts, our brain gets wired a certain way. And we have to reconnect it and rework that wiring to believe our bodies and what it is telling us before serious issues really come about. For example, hunger. How do you pay attention to your hunger cues? How do you know when you're hungry? How many times do we all eat when we're not hungry? When we're bored, when we want to procrastinate, when it's just a behavioral trigger that makes us want to eat, when we have a bag of, I don't know, potato chips or pretzels or whatever it is that we just keep eating mindlessly and we finish the whole bag and we weren't even really hungry. One of the tools that I like to use is a scale of one to 10. Whereas one is starving, starving, starving. 10 is so full, you are so uncomfortable. And how do you take that measure of how hungry you are on that scale or even how full you are? Because it's hunger and satiation which is being satisfied. So how do you become mindful to stop eating when you're full? Now, I've talked about normal eating and sometimes we overeat. That That's very common. Sometimes we undereat and that's common too. But how do we listen to our body saying to us, I've had enough, I've had enough. Even When people binge, there's a certain level of dissociation that goes on. So it totally disregards our body. So the binge just involves eating large amounts of food. And then you reach a point where you are so full. And for many people, they will then perch. Or other people will just try to not eat for a long period of time or just overexercise to feel better. But how do you listen to that fullness cue when your body is signaling that it's satisfied? Stress, anxiety, sadness, that all manifests as physical sensations in your body. People that get migraine headaches, that get ulcers, that um, develop, you know, like me, intestinal problems. How do we pay attention to our emotions and what and how our body is reacting to it and what it's saying and listen to it and try to address it and be kind. I've talked so much about being kind to yourself. And I know I'm the first one who has trouble practicing what they preach. 
But being able to take a step back and rest, take care of yourself, can be really hard when our lives are so busy. But sometimes our bodies will just give out. And and how sad is that, that we had to wait for our bodies to give out in order to take that rest or end up getting sick? When earlier we could have we could have identified the signal or been able to listen to it and know that we really needed to take a day off and to rest. Fatigue is something that we hear a lot about. Sleep issues. Uh, it's hard to sleep. It's hard to fall asleep. Using our phones at night, keep us awake. How do you know when your body's telling you it needs to rest? Is it when you're just ready to collapse or you end up almost falling asleep driving or every time you sit down and watch television, you fall asleep? What are the signs that your body is significantly fatigued and you need a rest? As I mentioned previously with exercising and you have a sore knee, a sore hip, a sore leg, a sore arm, how do you tune into those physical sensations of tension, pain, or discomfort and take that break. How many times if you're a significant exerciser and it's part of your uh, your your daily or just part of your routine to help manage your eating disorder, do you ignore those physical symptoms even when you're sick? I mean, I even remember thinking during COVID, oh, I can, I can go out for a walk. I can ride my Peloton bike. <laughs> and then I realized that there was no way I could do that. Or recently when I broke my wrist, I had to take a break and really give my body a rest from doing certain physical activities. Now, here's the thing with all of this is that it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's not a linear process. Many times it's two steps forward, one step back. It's gradual progress, one step at a time. It's looking for your village, your support system, whether it's friends, families, family members, a therapist, that you can talk to about these feelings. You can, it may not come to you overnight. You may have some sort of physical signal, and you may not be able to understand it. So it does take time to get to know your body and this connection between your mind and your body and and learn this new language, as I said before. Try to practice mindfulness by incorporating, by incorporating this into your daily routine. Mindful eating, which I talk about all the time, body scans. And and you may wonder like, what the heck is a body scan? You've heard that word, but don't even know what it, where, what it is. And a lot of meditations do body scans where it just is being able to sit for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, and just sit with your body and just try to connect with your body to breathe. Remember, I remember we always have our breath with us. And connect with your body's signals and what it's saying to you. Is your heart beating really fast? Is your stomach gurgling? 
Something else that can be helpful is challenging your negative thoughts. To work on those negative thoughts and the beliefs about yourself, your body, and and just how you feel, your confidence. Because all the negative thinking can impact your stress and anxiety and then impact how your body handles that. Nourishing your body, I know it's, 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 as I say it, you're thinking that's not so easy, especially when you struggle with, with eating issues and, and body image issues. It can be really hard to nourish your body. And again, trusting your body to know that, especially when you're working on trying to change your eating, to trust that your body will get to a weight that it just needs to be. To trust, I know it's so scary to gain, to think of gaining weight if you are underweight and anorexic. And it's hard to focus on what nourishing your body really means. And many times we need a nutritionist, somebody, a family member, somebody that can really help us challenge our thoughts about nourishing our body. And embrace movement. I'm not saying exercising because I know exercising can be such a triggering word for people. But think about what it's like to go out for a walk. And after this, I'm going to go out for a walk. But looking at nature, you hear me say this all the time how I embrace nature and you may embrace something else and it may not be a walk outside for you but it may just be dancing even you might love dancing how do you embrace that movement not as a punishment not as a way of compensating for eating too much or calories but really as a celebration of what your body can do to bring more of that positive energy and thoughts back to your body journaling. I'm going to say it again because I can't say enough about journaling. To be a way for you to self-reflect, to do some flow writing, set that timer for five or 10 minutes, think of a prompt for yourself, or just think about whatever is on your mind and write. And recently, I, I, I've, I've talked to a number of people who, who say they don't want to journal. They're afraid that somebody's going to find it. So it may not be writing for you, but it may even be, let's just say music. Listening to music might be your way of uh, of expressing your thoughts and your feelings. Art may be a way of expressing your thoughts and your feelings. Writing a poem for yourself. Recording something for yourself might be a way of expressing yourself. I hope this conversation about decoding the language of your body and finding a way to positively communicate with your body and listen to what your body is saying is helpful for you in helping you feel better about yourself, helping you feel more positive about your body, and uh, just giving you some tips and some strategies that you can use going forward. Remember, your body is not your enemy. Your body can be nourished and uh, capable and, and very strong. It's a remarkable vessel that carries you through life's journeys. And listening to it can be a profound step towards healing. 
Remember, this is a journey of self-discovery and self-compassion. Be patient with yourself and know that you're not alone. Thank you for listening to my secret life with an eating disorder. And remember, trust yourself. Don't trust the mirror. Thank you for listening to Don't Trust the Mirror, My Secret Life with an Eating Disorder with psychoanalyst Maureen Kritzer-Lang, the queen of self-esteem. We hope you enjoyed it. Please visit DontTrustTheMirror.com where you'll find all our social networking links and can post your stories, comments, and questions. Until next time, remember, trust yourself. Don't trust the mirror.